Hey there, I'm Melissa. And I'm Amanda. And this is Unicorn Rodeo. Welcome back to the podcast, Amanda. Thanks. It has been a very interesting week hearing from people who have taken the time to listen to our podcast and give us feedback, which I love. I've been super nervous. Like, oh my goodness, we sort of just put ourselves out there, but it's been kind of fun. I had somebody say that listening to our podcast was kind of like having lunch with us. I loved that. Mm, That is a great compliment, assuming that you want to have lunch with us. Well, that's a good point. We do tell good stories. And I, you know, in that vein, I really do want to tell a story about us, Amanda. I think you know which one it is. I do. I want to start with a preface to this story and let everyone know that regardless of your age, you can appreciate one of two anchor points in the story, fame or glee. So I want everyone to know that I attended a performing arts school from fifth through 12th grade, which was like both fame and glee, depending on your age. And we did not have any sports at John S. Davidson Fine Arts School. We only had arts. And And this is this is a really good anchor point. I think you're right. The more I think about it, that is key to this story, because it also says a lot about us because you went to a performing arts school. I went to the high school with one of the largest gymnasiums in America. Yes, this is another great contrast between the two of us. So I have surprised to no one never been on a sports team, probably never I mean, I've played sports like five times in my whole life and hated every all I hated all five times. So I just want to leave you with that image as Melissa begins to tell the story that she is about to tell. So let's just hearken back to the day pre-COVID when people could actually hang out together. I happened to be with my family. Amanda was with her family and we decided that we would meet in a park and have a picnic. So Amanda had walked to the nearby restaurant to pick up her family's food order. And I was playing with the kids in the park with the soccer ball. And as Amanda is approaching us with her arms full of food, I think to myself, I'm going to kick this soccer ball at Amanda and she's going to kick it back to me. And we're just going to have this little fun game of soccer. And so I kicked the ball toward Amanda and it's, you know, like in those situations when things in your head look like they're happening in slow motion. As soon as the ball left my foot, I think this is not a good idea. And true to what I had envisioned, as the ball gets to Amanda, her foot just trips on the ball. And as you can imagine, her leg just sort of slid up the ball until she was flat on her back. And I mean, one of the most miraculous things that happened in all of this is that she saved all of the food. Nothing was harmed. No food was harmed. No food harmed in the pickup soccer game. That should tell you, A, my priorities, and B, that I do have good balance. And C, that I am probably going to suffer a great fall someday because of all the laughing I do when I see other people fall. I could not even get myself together. So that was one of my favorite memories of the two of us. I thought it would be fun to start off the podcast by sharing that wonderful story of Amanda falling on her back. I do. I do want you all to know that as I laid on the ground with the food all right side up, I said these words, this is why I do not play sports. (laughs) And we all nodded in Mm -hmm. agreement. Mm -hmm. There's that is absolutely true. So those 
I do remember. I hope we can have times like that again sometime soon, Amanda. Well, not to be cliche, but I will say that you telling this story reminds me of a quote from The Office. Here we go. Nope. Just hang with me. Hang with me on this. So okay. in the series finale of The Office, which is another great episode, Andy Bernard, character played by Ed Helms, Gotta love Ed Helms. If you don't love Ed Helms in the office, you can love him in The Hangover. But you gotta love Ed Helms. Very funny. But in a serious moment, he says the following words. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. Wow. I do love that. I love that sentiment. Well, I think we don't. I don't always think we we appreciate the good times when we're in them, which is sort of what he's saying there. Yeah, ex right, exactly. And what would we do differently if we did decide to appreciate the good times? So I think that is a good challenge for us looking forward. How are we going to take the lessons that we've learned from COVID nineteen and apply them and remember them in the future? Right, and you know, in the last week, I've heard people talk about what it's going to be like when we can return to normal. And, you know, honestly, and I've had a number of conversations with people about this. I, there, there's a part of me that hopes we don't completely return to normal because, you know, from this, this warm house that I sit in during this time, there are some things about this, this forced stay at home that I have enjoyed, you know, yeah. I've enjoyed having dinners with my daughter and, 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 you know, she's going to go to college in two years. And I was starting to worry about time slipping away. And I really had some great time to just be with her and laugh with her and talk with her. And so, you know, things like that, I think, or I hope we can hold on to a little tighter. So I don't, I don't necessarily want to go back to the frantic of, of normal. No, no, I don't either. I really don't, but I will say I'm a planner by nature. So this is a lesson that not that I've really learned because I already know this. I've learned this lesson before. I've had a lot of therapy to learn this lesson. Did I ever tell yeah, you to tell you that my therapist in LA was on Seinfeld? Have I ever shared that story with you? No, but that doesn't surprise me. Isn't everyone who lives in LA on some sort of <laughs> Well, or trying to be. Um, right. Yeah. So we will cover that another time. But um, through therapy, I, you know, of course, have learned to to try to stay in the moment and have, have improved a great deal at doing that. And I'm reminded of all of those skills right now, because there's not a lot of planning going on. There's not a lot of forward thinking going on. Right. And I think that for me has been the, the toughest part of this. Like it's the feeling a little bit untethered. I mean, I think I shared with you earlier this week, I was feeling mm -hmm. a little lost. You were like, because we can't plan. We can't mm -hmm. really look ahead. Yeah. And I mean, I, I love to travel. Hawaii is probably my favorite place on earth. The closest I'm getting to Hawaii right now is the fact that my daughter has taken up the ukulele as a COVID-19 yeah. project. <laughs> Please make sure she learns somewhere over the rainbow. That is in the songbook, and I will put in that request from you. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, I am trying to get down to appreciating each moment of each day, whether that is riding bikes or walking playing to the mailbox or playing pickup soccer, as I have been known to do. Um, well, I mean, in all seriousness, though, I think, you know, we think about what's going to what the return to normal is going to be like in our life and what some of those lessons will be. But I also think it's really important to think about 
what we've learned in all of this and and particularly as leaders and some of us are are leading groups of people some of us are are leading teams some of us are the leaders in our oh yes and so there are so many lessons to be learned about leadership during this time so um what do you what do you what are you learning about leadership well, I will tell you that this whole experience, this global pandemic reminds me of a leadership story that I will probably never forget. So when 9-11 happened, I was a first year teacher. I had been on the job about three weeks. So, and I was 22 years old. I lived on the West Coast. And so by the time the planes hit the towers, I was in the car driving to work and heard the news on the radio and, you know, became slowly confused, shocked, horrified, you know, you I'm sure you remember, I know everyone who was alive at that time, you know, remembers how terrible that day and the, and the days that followed were. And so as I'm trying to make sense of all that, I pull into the faculty parking lot and I walk into the front office and I turn the corner and I see on one side, the teacher mailboxes. And then on the other side, there was a whiteboard and our principal would write notes to us sometimes on the right board. Like, don't forget your grades are due on Friday or, you know, things like that. And so in her familiar handwriting, I see the following message that I still think about to this day. She had written in beautiful script. Let's all try to have a normal day. And in that moment, with not a lot of life experience and no formal leadership experience, at least not in a paid position, I was sure that that was not the right way to handle that situation. That was not what we needed. That wasn't what the kids needed. It it was not a normal day. It wasn't going to be a normal day for a long time. And while this is not a story to condemn her or the kind of principal that she was, um, I'm sure sure she was, you know, she was doing what she thought was the right thing to do at the time. But I do think that it is a really important reminder about what organizational theorist Carl Weick would call sense-making. Leadership is sense-making, which is kind of a complicated theory, but the, the subtext is people who we lead need us to make sense of things. They need to know, how do I respond? What is the story here? What am I being told? And she didn't give us any of that. Yeah. And I think some of it too is about, even if they don't know how to make sense of us, of something, at least assuring others that, that they're working on it or that they, you know, I think sometimes even the perception that you're in control mm-hmm. is, is good. Like, even if you're not, I think it's good for you to, to, to appear in control. And it reminds me a little bit about, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of nine 11 or anything that happened there, but in the nineties, I remember there were these worst case scenario handbooks that came out and they had all these, they had all these, disaster scenarios and the very first thing you do in any of the disaster scenarios is remain calm calm. Mm -hmm. yes and I think you know even even in the midst of craziness you can you can at least sort of calibrate Mm -hmm. take a breath and, and try to figure out what the right thing is to say so yeah, I think there's a ton to learn from the mistakes people have mm-hmm. made in leadership, especially during crisis. But I think there's also a lot of things um, that we're seeing people do really well right now. Yeah, I think what we needed that day and what I think is always something that people should embrace, it is hard, but is the ability to admit that you do not know what to do, you do not have the answer, 
you are not sure what is happening. I think that in a time where we are so untethered, like a 9-11, like a global pandemic, no one expects you to have all the answers. And so there's great power in saying to someone, I don't know. Yeah, but the important part of that is I don't know, but I'm trying to. Oh, well, absolutely. I don't know is the beginning. Yeah, I don't know is the beginning. It's not the end. Exactly. Where, what are, have you seen an example of some good leadership in the last couple of weeks? I have a good friend who lives in Midtown Manhattan, and he and I have discussed several times how, what a great job Andrew Cuomo is doing. And I have tuned into some of those press conferences. Not, I mean, I, obviously, I don't need to know what's going on in New York in terms of my own, um, you know, existence here in my life. But the study in leadership has been fascinating. He is confident and he's calm. And he's not afraid to admit when he does not know. He has a plan. He has, you know, sparred with other leaders and has, you know, essentially stood by what he thinks is the best thing to do right now. So there's there's a um, there's both confidence as well as commitment to the plan that he and his people have devised. And I think that that is incredibly inspiring and calming. So I've really I. And very impressed by his leadership. And loyalty. I mean, I think he has made it very clear that the people he is concerned about mm-hmm. are, are his mm-hmm. constituents, which I think in, in this situation is really important. In Indianapolis, we have, in well, about last week, early last week, we lost a police officer. It was a 24-year-old male new mom police officer who was responding to a domestic violence call. And she was shot through the door by the perpetrator. It was horrible, horrible act of mm. violence. And what, what the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department was faced with is how do we have, you know, how do we honor this fallen officer um, and honor her in a way that we've done in the past, yeah. you know, before it would have been a huge grand yeah. celebration of life. And so they, they were, the leadership was creative. They were innovative. They came up with a new plan in a matter of days, hours, I think. And, and yesterday we watched it all unfold. Um, and they, you know, there were thousands of police cars lined up at the Indianapolis motor speedway. That's a venue that's never Mm. been used. And they, they paraded her casket through the city, you know, in the hearse and people had the opportunity to stand in front of their homes and, and salute her. And, and it was just really a, I think a wonderful act of leadership. They didn't just say, well, we can't do what we've always done. So we're not going to do anything. Right? right. They came up with a grander plan. And I almost feel like this is maybe they've set the bar a little higher even this time. So I, I felt very impacted by that. I felt touched by the thought and the creativity that went into that. I thought that was incredible. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that is a great point, which is this is a time for creativity and innovation. So you want to talk about, you know, what can we take forward beyond COVID-19? We can, we can take some opportunities to do things in a way that we wouldn't have done before. Some, some, some creativity, some innovation, some newness, I think. Exactly. And I think, you know, key to all of this is reflection, you know, just taking the time to think about this stuff. Sometimes our days get busy or we get bored or we get, you know, wrapped up in yet another episode of office. The office. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've been watching and we, and we, we don't think about those things. So I guess 
our charge to you as listeners is think about the things you have seen effective leaders do in this time. I mean, we're all finding ourselves again in leadership positions, whether it's with your family, your neighbors or whatever. I mean, I even found myself bossing my friends around in a Zoom call the other day because they weren't paying attention. Oh, yeah. So I, I never stop are... at an opportunity to boss people around anytime. So I completely feel that. I know, I know. that about you. I know. Yeah. So we would love we would love to get your feedback. What characteristics have you appreciated? We have created a new email address. You can give us your feedback directly. Um, give us answers to this question about, you know, what you're seeing people do, but also just feel free to give us feedback about this podcast. Um, you can reach us at unicorn rodeo podcast at gmail. If you didn't catch that, it's unicorn rodeo podcast at gmail.com. We love that you have listened and we thank you. We hope that you will stay healthy, stay well, and we'll see See you next next time time, y'all. She's just a girl and she's on fire Hotter than a fantasy Lonely like a highway She's the